You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to bridgesnashville.com. On August 5th, 2010, in San Jose, Chile, a gold and copper mine, without warning, collapsed in basically trapped 33 miners 2,000 feet underground. Now, the men were able to find a shelter underground. When they got there, they realized they had enough supplies to last them for several days. But after two weeks underground, without any word from above, they began to lose hope. And that's when a small drill broke through to the area where they were staying. The men sent back up a note that simply read, we are fine in the refuge, the 33. Food, medicine, water, and supplies were sent down that tiny little hole to where the men were staying, as well as video cameras so that rescuers above could see what they were working with and how they might assess the situation. Uh, Engineering and mining experts from all across the globe got together and collaborated on an event that no one had ever seen before. Rescuers were able to drill a hole about the size of one man width. Then one at a time, that 2,000-foot ascent took each man 15 minutes to reach the top. But sure enough, just 24 hours after the first victim was extracted and lifted to safety, the last of the 33 was pulled out to safety as millions of people from around the world watched the live event transpire on television on October 13th, 2010. It's one of the most incredible rescue stories in recent history. Come on, everybody loves a good rescue story. And that's what today is all about. So happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. This is the day that we celebrate the greatest rescue plan ever enacted in all of history. When a carpenter from Nazareth that was born to a virgin walked out of a tomb, having been crucified on a Roman cross only three days prior. As Jamia shared earlier in the service, Matthew 28, verses 5 and 6, it says this. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come on, game changer right there. Now, I've got to imagine... Easter 2020 was probably the closest we'll ever get to that first ever Easter. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, the disciples, they're in hiding. They're in lockdown, if you will. And they're afraid that the Roman officials are going to start hunting down, arresting, and killing the followers of Jesus. And they were down to 11 already. And these disciples were downcast because they just witnessed their leader, Jesus, who they had done ministry alongside of for three years hanging on a Roman cross, and no one had ever come back from a death like that. The disciples didn't know what to expect next. And then the two Marys, uh, Mary and Mary Magdalene, went down to pay their respects, and they were, of course, met by the angel. They have this epic encounter at the tomb, and the angel tells the women, Jesus is alive, just as he said, and suddenly their worst day ever turns into our best day ever. And from that moment, Easter Sunday would have a greater significance for those who follow Jesus than any other day on our calendar because this is the day where everything changed. Listen to this. The cross on Friday showed us Jesus' great love, but the resurrection on Sunday shows us God's great power. 
The cross tells us that there is no one too far gone from Jesus' love. And the resurrection tells us that there is nothing impossible for our God. So these next six weeks, we're going to lean into a series. It's called Jesus Is. And here at the listening room, of course, we're going to meet again uh, May in the beginning of that month for First Sunday. But throughout the rest of the month for these next six weeks in house churches and online, we're going to look at who Jesus claimed to be, who he proved to be, and what does that exactly mean for us today? And today's message, if you're taking notes, is called Jesus Is Savior. Savior. Has anybody in this room heard that word? No one? Okay, wait. Well, I'm going to explain it here in a minute. Everything you need to know about Jesus really is summed up in his name. The name Jesus means Jehovah saves. Now, Jesus is a transliteration of the Hebrew name Joshua or Yahshua, and Yahshua means Yahweh saves. Yahweh is the name of the Hebrew God. Names were an incredibly important part of first century culture. Because names didn't just simply identify a child. See, a name was actually a prophetic declaration of who they were going to become. And so it was with Jesus. The prophet Isaiah, long before Jesus was born, predicted that God would send us a Savior. We're reminded of this every year at Christmas, aren't we? For unto us is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder And he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9.6. I don't know if we have the scriptures on the screen, but that says it in Isaiah 9.6. Now remember when the angel visited Joseph and gave him their son's name in the dream. Here's what it says in the Gospel of Matthew. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son And you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You see, everything we need to know about Jesus, his life, his mission, his purpose, his aim, is wrapped up in his very name. Jesus is Savior. Now, if you were to walk out on the street and ask 10 different people, what is the gospel? I would bet that you'd probably come away with 10 different answers. Now, most of us know that the word gospel translates into good news, but what exactly is the good news. Why did Jesus come? What news did he bring? I'm glad you asked. See, in the Gospel of Luke, right after Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness, he enters into the public eye. And one of the first things that he does is he goes into the synagogue or the Jewish temple of his hometown in Nazareth. He walks up and he picks up this scroll by the prophet Isaiah, who we just read from. And he reads this in Luke 4. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Okay, that's a hashtag mic drop moment right there. Because Jesus is telling these guys in the synagogue who had heard their entire lifetime about a coming Messiah that, yes, the Messiah you've heard about for centuries is here, and I am that Messiah. I can see it on his Instagram profile. Bringing freedom to the captives, healing to the blind, and preaching good news to the poor. This is the gospel. 
See, this is the good news, and this is what a Savior does. So you can look at Luke 4 for the gospel. Now, it's a little bit more condensed if you look at Luke 19, verse 10, and this is where Jesus says, for the Son of Man, that was his favorite way to refer to himself, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. That's why he came. In fact, the Greek word for save here is sosai, and it translates into rescue. The Son of Man came to rescue those who are lost. Well, let me ask you something. For both those who are here in person in the listening room and those that are watching online and joining us on Facebook today, you ever felt lost? Have you ever felt lost? You don't know where you are. You don't know who you are, and you definitely don't know where you're going. I would venture to say that most of us in this room at some point over these last 12 months have had a lost moment. And we've all been lost at some point. But I want to let you know that that is why Jesus came. He came to seek and to save the lost. He is Savior. I want to look really quickly at three different events in the Gospels to see what Jesus saves us from, and how he is Savior. The first event takes place in John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to have the scriptures on the screens. It says, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus. This woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again. And he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. If you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Jesus saves us from our sin. Jesus saves us from our sin. He didn't condemn this woman who was actually caught in the very act. There was no trial. There were no suspects caught in the act. I mean, this was probably a pretty messy scene, especially in first century culture. And yet, instead of death, which is what the law and the religious leaders demanded Jesus give her, he meets her with grace. What does that mean? Well, it means this. It doesn't matter what you've done or how unworthy you think you are of being saved doesn't matter. Jesus is Savior. He's full of grace, and he's full of truth, and he can meet you where you are at. Listen, his blood was shed for each and every one of us. What drop of Jesus' blood isn't enough to save you from your sin? What drop of his blood isn't enough to cover your past? Jesus rewrites our history. He covers every mistake, every regret, every piece of shame that can hold us down. Now, notice something. He doesn't just let the woman off the hook. He doesn't just say, your sins are forgiven. Now go and do whatever it is that you want to do. No, he tells her, go and sin no more. 
Because what Jesus does is he calls us out of our life of sin and he sends us into something much better where we're no longer bound by the law of sin. And just so that we're on the same page today, here's what sin is. Sin is anything less than God's best for your very life. In fact, in the book of Romans, it refers to sin as an archery term. When it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, it's actually an archery term, and we're falling short of the target. We're shooting, but we're missing his aim for our life because his aim for your life is so much bigger than what we make it. Sin is what separates us from God's presence, and that is what Jesus came to do away with. He came to save us from our sin and restore us to relationship with his Father. So number one, Jesus saves us from our sin. Next thing I want you to know, Jesus saves us from the storms, the storms in this life. The next event I want to look at is Matthew chapter 8. You guys know the story. Then he got into a boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Listen, if you take naps today, don't feel guilty. Jesus napped in the middle of storms, okay? The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus saves us from our storms. And maybe you are in a storm today. No, not a literal storm, but a storm in life. Maybe you're being tossed to and fro, and you're just so disheveled, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know where to go. I want to let you know that Jesus didn't take them out of the storm. He saved them in the middle of it. This is important for us to understand on this Easter Sunday because I would bet that there are a couple people in this room or watching online that you might be going through a storm in life, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's a health storm. A life with Jesus isn't an escape from hard times. A Christianity is not a fairy tale. Everything's better with the blink of an eye. See, we're in this world, but when we make Jesus the Lord of our life, we become not of this world. When we face difficulties, we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Our faith, listen to me, the Christian faith is in a God who rescues, a God who delivers, a God who is greater than anything we can face in this life. Jesus didn't promise an absence of storms. He promised the solution for them. John 16, he even tells us straight up, here on earth you will, you will, you will have many trials and sorrows, but... Take heart, because I have overcome the world. We have a rescuer, and he saves us in our storm. Now, the third event I want to look at today is why we're all here, the resurrection. Write this down. Jesus saves us from hopelessness. Can I say that again? Jesus saves us from hopelessness. Like I said at the beginning, the days after the cross were very dark. The disciples had heard Jesus speak time and time again about being raised back to life after being crucified, but no one had ever come back from a Roman crucifixion. And so his disciples, who were men and and just like us, Mary and Mary Magdalene were women just like you. They were human. 
and they were hopeless. And that's when Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary Magdalene, who scholars believe was the same woman as the woman caught in adultery. Mary, Jesus' mother, and Mary Magdalene go down to the tomb to pay some respects to Jesus. And that's when they meet an angel. And they see a sign on the tomb that says vacant. See, slowly but surely, in that moment, a hope began to arise. A glimmer, a spark. And then Jesus begins to appear to his disciples. He shows up to different sections of people. But this guy, Thomas. Now, you, you've probably heard of Thomas. You've probably heard the two words that go together. How would you like to be known like, as this in history, Doubting Thomas, right? You've probably heard of Doubting Thomas, but don't judge him too harshly. Because I would imagine most of us would think exactly the same. And here's what happened with Thomas, John 20. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, I think you can see why he was called Thomas. Uh, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is alive. He's the light of the world. He is the hope of mankind. Nothing is too difficult for Jesus, so he saves you from hopelessness. If not even a Roman crucifixion, the most brutal way to die in that era, could stop our king, what could? When Jesus walked out of the tomb, the word impossible walked out of our dictionary. You are never beyond hope. You are never beyond saving. If you're hopeless today, I want you to know this could be the start of your turnaround. This could be the best day of your life. Why? Because Jesus is Savior. Okay, so we've been talking about how he saves us from our sin, from our storms, and from hopelessness. How does one be saved? Romans 10 verse 9 says it very simply. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See, it's saying it, and it's believing it. In just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity for spontaneous baptisms. Okay, we've got an old school country baptismal right here in the front. And listen, baptism is a literal way of declaring that you follow Jesus. It is telling everyone, Jesus is my Savior. Water baptism represents leaving your old life behind. When you're dunked in the water, you're saying goodbye to your old self. And when you're raised up out of the water, it's a symbol of being washed, washed in his love, washed clean from all of your sins. And I want to tell you, if you've never been baptized and you follow after Jesus, this is your moment. Or, or maybe you were baptized as an infant, but you didn't make that as a conscious decision and you follow after Jesus. This is your moment. Maybe today, and we're going to pray in just a moment. 
Maybe you want to recommit your life to Christ. Or maybe you want to give your heart to him for the very first time. And I want to tell you, this is your moment. You can be baptized today. I love the story of Philip and the eunuch from Ethiopia. He's walking alongside him, and in that very moment, he comes to salvation, and, and the eunuch says, what's to stop us from being baptized? There's water right there, and so Philip's like, all right, let's do this, bro. So they get out of the chariot, and they're baptized right there on the road where there was water. Listen, you don't have to wait months. You can be baptized today. And so in, in just a moment, the band is going to come, and we've got brand new shorts and brand new T-shirts and towels in the green room bathroom. And if you want to make that decision, if you want to be baptized today, just come up and see Pastor David, Jamia, and I are going to be off to the side here for prayer. And uh, we're going to have our masks on just for your uh, safety concern. But listen, if you want to get baptized today, come up and talk to one of us. This is the moment. This is your moment. And we're going to help you. We're going to go backstage with you. We'll pray with you. We'll help you get into uh, some nice Walmart shorts and shirt. And, uh, and you'll get to keep that, by the way. That's our gift to you today. But come and let us know. We'll get you all ready. What an amazing way. I can't think of a better way to celebrate Easter Sunday than to have baptisms. And so come up during this next song and let us know. Listen, Jesus is our hope. He is alive, and he is Savior. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you sent your only son who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf, that we might know what life is. Thank you for the cross. We celebrated that at our online Good Friday service. We looked at the cross, and we remembered the greatest sacrifice in history. And today, on Easter Sunday, Lord, we remember the greatest miracle of time where Jesus walked up out of a grave on that first Easter Sunday. And right now in this moment, if you want to make the decision to follow after Jesus, this is an opportunity to receive salvation. You could just raise your hand from wherever you're seated, just with every eye closed and every head bowed. You just slip your hand up. I just want to pray for you. If you're watching online today and you want to make a decision to follow after Jesus, best decision you could ever make, let us know. We will reach out and pray with you after this service. Jesus is alive. He saves us from our sin. He saves us from our storms. He saves us from hopelessness. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.